All right, C squared sports back at it after a about a month break. Oh yeah. Uh, since we've recorded, we have completely done one eighty in our perception of the season. We last recorded after the Florida loss when you know we were kind of down in the dumps, kind of didn't want to didn't want to watch any more football. We kind of had moved on to basketball season, but now we have a little a little bit more faith, a little bit more renewed faith in this we're going season. We're a bowl game, bro. We have. I wouldn't say high hopes, so we have hopes that we can probably finish six and six and get to a bowl game now. Let's go! Which uh, we thought that we were probably going to be three and nine or four and eight at best. I guess so, four and eight before the season even started. So this is just all up for me right now. So yeah, a little uh, excitement to get into a little bit of. Uh, we have a lot to cover. A lot of, we've uh, missed the last three games, I guess. Miss Georgia by week, Auburn. And now Bama just happened two days ago. So I guess we'll just kind of skim over these other games that happened. Georgia, we it went better than expected. Yeah. Uh, we kind of expected Georgia to come out and drill us and it never be close. But um, it was close. I mean, in the fourth quarter after that Ty Chandler touchdown where he just kind of ran off and left everybody uh, and made it a two-score game. It was 24-12 to 12 at that point, I think. So Ty Chandler's an impeccable athlete. You know, it kind of sucks because they never really had – we never had the ball down by two scores. Georgia got the ball back and just drove it down our throat. With, you know, they had the fumble that just bounced back up in Fields' arms and that we could have recovered. But, you know, all, Georgia got all the bounces that game. It, it happens. Uh, they but, did what the better team was supposed to do. Yeah. They, they, they caught all the breaks, really. Uh, but we hung around with Georgia, who... It, that, if that game's in Neyland, it might be a little different. Uh, maybe. Could be. Maybe. Hard to say. But, um, so you lose that game, but you come out feeling a little bit better than you expected. Then you go into the bye week, and you prepare for Auburn, and oh boy, did we prepare for Auburn. That was... <laughs> I did not think that really, like, realistically, I guess, we... I didn't expect us... To win that game, I had hopes that we could keep it close. Uh, I thought that we would cover, like, I guess it was a 13-point spread. It opened at, like, 16-and-a-half, which was kind of absurd considering Auburn was struggling themselves. But we come out and just kind of, like, we didn't do ourselves any favors. Um, we ran the ball a lot in first and second down. I uh, got into a lot of bad third-down situations, but JG was – I believe eight for eight is what I saw on third downs. Came out with uh, not only the SEC Player of the Week, but the National, National Player of the Week. Um, what are your thoughts on JG? Since you're an avid JG hater, do you has your <laughs> perception changed? Do you think people's perception has changed on him? I think I definitely wasn't an avid JG hater per se, but I wasn't a huge fan of him. I thought he was a very middle of the pack, mid tier quarterback, nothing special. You know, wasn't going to knock your socks off. Wasn't going to go out and do anything crazy. Just 10 completions a game, a couple of third downs. I just didn't think he was going to be anything special. He did go out there and kind of prove me wrong. Uh, he definitely showed flashes of what he could be. If he figures it all out by his senior year, he could be, you know, with the right team, potentially they could be talking about a preseason Heisman candidate going into his senior year with the way that he throws the ball and his mobility, which we don't see a lot of his mobility, just due to the fact that he's constantly so beat up behind this offensive line. So I definitely think Jared Garantano showed Tennessee fans in the country that maybe there's a little bit 
maybe there's a little bit of something to grasp onto that this this entire team isn't a complete loss if we don't get a quarterback in the next recruiting class. Yeah, and it's pretty exciting that we have JG. Most people don't realize it, but we have him for three more years, I guess two and a half more years since we're seven games into this season. But he's a redshirt sophomore, so he has the rest of this season, next season, and the season after that of eligibility, you know, considering he doesn't declare early for the draft, which... I'm assuming he's, assuming he's not he that won't. talented, I don't think. Assuming he won't, but yeah, like you said, all he really needs is more time in the pocket, so... I mean, a little bit better protection. Wanya Morris is on his way, though. Yeah, if we if we can get some hits on some of these offensive line recruits that uh, we're pulling in, then JG could potentially potentially take that next step uh, in these next couple years. Uh, but against Alabama, uh, he did not look great. Given uh, nobody does had yeah, no one really does, but he had no time in the pocket at all. Uh, he didn't do himself any favors by getting rid of it quickly, which is really what you need to do when you play a defensive line like that. It's just quick passes. but uh, he, First read, second read, you know, get he, rid of the ball. He really just doesn't move enough in the pocket, I think, and that he doesn't help his offensive line out in that aspect. But uh, Keller Chris did look good against – Not now, I'm not saying there's a quarterback controversy by any means, but Keller Chris did look good against Alabama. I think the difference – and him, when he came in and threw two touchdown passes, was he got rid of the ball a lot quicker. Like, he was – I mean, that ball was out. It was in and out every time he dropped back. Um, on his yeah. first – he hit it on his first read, too. That was important. Is that his first read, he wasn't afraid to throw him open. He found Tyler Bird. No one has – no one on, no one's found Tyler Bird for the past year and a half. I didn't even – I forgot about him. He was a corner to start this season. He tried out at corner – I mean, he's been the forgotten man on this football team, and Keller Chris found him. Josh Dobbs liked him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 2016, two years ago, 20, I, we haven't seen... 2016, his freshman year, he was lights out. He's fast. Like, the, the only thing I've seen Tyler Bird do is come in the game and block, if he even gets into the game. So the fact that he scored a touchdown is... I, I mean, I like it. I'm here for it. I'm the... I was a huge Tyler Bird fan his freshman year. I thought he was going to be the next, you know, great slot receiver for us. But he uh, he just kind of, like, disappeared. Like, I, I don't was, know what happened. I thought he was going to be our next Pig Howard, just with more speed. He looked incredible. Kyle Phillips had the big pick six. Big man broke, like, four tackles on he, his way to the end zone. He got us free lunch today. He did. <laughs> Shout out to him for getting us a free chicken sandwich. Kyle Phillips is for the people. Kyle Phillips for president. The... Uh, and he also, I know we're jumping back to the Auburn game, but uh, he also had the the sack fumble on the on Jarrett Sidham where he just kind of uh, where the pressure broke down and we had like four guys around Sidham and he forced the fumble and the ball rolled around and Auburn had it and then they didn't and then it was still rolling and then Daryl Taylor had it and then he didn't and then Alante Taylor, but... Taylor found it in the end zone. Like Kyle Phillips is trying to get drafted, man. He's out here trying to get paid. Yeah, Kyle Phillips is having a great senior campaign. He's, he's trying to show this senior year that he's got the skills, that if he gets the NFL with the right meal plan, this man can get it done. <laughs> we mentioned that JG got SEC Player of the Week last week against Auburn and SEC Player of the Week, and uh, Kyle Phillips actually got Defensive SEC Player of the Week, which is huge. Like, I mean, he played like he's playing like a five-star. He is. The five-star that he was recruited as. And he's lights out. He's playing like Derek Barnett. Uh, easy. 
Oh, come on. Easy. Mini Derek Barnett. I'm not saying he's living up to that. Great value full. version of Derek Barnett. The Target version. We'll give him Target. He's not Walmart. Target's a little nicer. He's not bad. Chateau and him have been nice on the defensive line. I have been pleasantly surprised with how they've played. Um, also, Alante Taylor have, and Bryce Thompson. How about Bryce Thompson in that Auburn game? He Oof. he had a big day. He had yeah. a, uh, the, the play that like doesn't show up as much in the the stat sheet that he had was the pass breakup in the end zone on Auburn's second drive, I think it was, when it was. A little new field goal? Seven to three. It was yeah, second drive. And it would, it would have put Auburn at fourteen to three. Yeah, that would have been not good. Yeah, Bryce Thompson and Alante Taylor give me a lot of hope. Like those are two true freshmen. Like I saw a, um, a football uh, index, power index, something, uh, some stat where Alante Taylor had um, like the least amount of passes thrown his way. Like. I, I don't remember the exact stat it was, but he was a top five corner in the country. Um, they don't want to throw it to him. He's so yeah. athletic. It, which makes them have to throw to Bryce Thompson's side of the field, which is bad news, bad idea. If we if we can get Bryce Thompson and uh, Alante Taylor really just out here balling on all levels, then uh, it'll be okay. We'll be okay in the secondary. If we can get a safety or Nigel Ward can get it together at some point, that'd be great. Get one more corner, and uh, with Jeremy Pruitt's coaching and that defensive backs coach, I think we'll be okay. Those two guys are showing flashes of just, like, excellence. I mean, those look like all SEC corners right now. Yeah, I feel very confident about our future at secondary uh, with those two. And then you have Theo Jackson, who doesn't look bad. Uh, You have all the recruits that uh, Pruitt has gotten coming in, the McCullough guy. McCulloch, however you say his name, the four-star safety. Then uh, he's got Fields, the corner, uh, a couple other guys. So I feel pretty confident about our secondary moving forward. Uh, Might have to play some young guys next year, but if they can play the way that they're acting, if uh, we can finish this season out at somehow we pull out seven and five or like a strong showing and go six and six, win a bowl game, finish with seven, seven, maybe eight wins this season, I think Jeremy Pruitt is on track to to at least put up a fight next year in the SEC East with the way that Georgia's losing these recruits. And as much as, you know, Florida looks great right now, I just I just can't ever think that Florida's got it all together without a quarterback. They just have never had a good quarterback from Tim, since Tim Tebow. Yeah, the good news for us in the East is that Georgia does not look elite elite yet like Alabama elite no, they don't look at Ohio State well never mind uh, yeah shout out to Jeff Brom shout out to former Tennessee coach Jeff Brom for pulling the upset right. over former Tennessee head coach Greg, Greg Schiano. Uh 30 point route yeah so that made the Alabama loss taste a little bit I guess get, get the taste of the Alabama loss out of her mouth a little bit to see Ohio State get beat. It's always America wins when Ohio State loses. Yeah, it's like the Cowboys losing. Good news for Urban Meyer, though, is he won't remember that this week. He's probably already forgotten it. He's that probably, already, he's already probably Memory deleted, spills. He's deleted that score from his mind. But uh, going back to, to Georgia, to the to Georgia, talking about Georgia, yeah, they, they don't look like they've taken that next step yet, which is no. good, which means that I, I guess we kind of still have time catch up with them like they're still well ahead of us they're still beatable they're beatable though like Like, Alabama's not beatable like they're ahead of us in the race but they're not out of our sides yet like 
When Alabama comes to town, no one thinks we're winning that game. No. Unless you're crazy. When Georgia comes to town, we're still like, oh, I mean, you never know with the Georgia-Tennessee game. So that, that gives a lot of hope. And I don't think Florida is as elite as, is as, elite as they look right now. Um, I think Kentucky's a better football team than Florida right now in the East. So I, I don't, I'm not sold on Dan Mullen, what he's doing yet. I think it's all smoke and mirrors. So I think if Jeremy Pruitt can put together the right recruiting cycle right here, if he can really pull out a top 10 recruiting class, he's got a shot to fight for it. It's not going to be easy, but he's got a puncher's chance. Yeah, like what you said, this Florida season feels kind of flukish. Yeah. Every game feels like, mm, okay. Like they down by 21 to, to Vandy at half. to Kentucky. They had to have a 21-point comeback to beat Vanderbilt. Uh, they beat LSU, who is, is incredible. Yeah, who's having an also fantastic year. Um I mean, this Florida team just doesn't seem legit, legitimate. They don't seem like this is something that's going to continue. They're going to continue this level of success for the next three, four, five years. It just feels like they're kind of having a flukish season. Like, I don't know how else to put it. Uh, Georgia. Kind of feels like our 2016, where everything was going our way from App State to Georgia. Just all the falls were coming the right way at the beginning of the season. It feels like it's just going to kind of come off the rails here at the end of Dan Mullen. Because Dan Mullen is, in essence, just a Butch Jones wannabe. I guess we uh, find out a lot about these, about Georgia and Florida this week. Uh, with They play in Jacksonville this week. So that's going to be for control of the East, essentially. Even yeah. Kentucky still Kentucky still controls her Kentucky's still up there. Kentucky still. is four and one in the SEC. Yeah. Um so yeah, Kentucky still in control, but they all still have to play Georgia as well. Yeah. Um but for the for us and our uh, our immediate future, talking about this season, I the Auburn game gave me a lot of hope that we get to a, a bowl game. Like the Auburn win was huge, not only for like Bowl host, but I think for moving forward, building block, um, definitely, definitely the kinda, big win that every coach needs in the beginning of their career. Kind of gives some of these younger guys like a little bit more confidence. Like maybe it helps them buy in a little bit more to to what the coaches are like preaching. Um, like they went into Auburn, they went to Jordan Hare on the plains, and our first SEC, SEC West road victory, or uh, first SEC West victory. Uh, since 2010 with Derek Dooley when he did it against Ole Miss. We had lost 11 in a row, I think, to um, West opponents. So, yeah. you know, you have all these streaks. If anything, it's just a mental thing. Like, you had the, hadn't won an SEC game since Missouri 2016. It had almost been two calendar years uh, since you had won. Uh, and obviously the road or the West thing. All the pieces lined up perfectly for top a Tennessee 25. upset. Given we were kind of lucky that Auburn was ranked in the top 25, but I'll take it. I'm not complaining. No. It looks good on paper. Felt good live. Felt good while while in the moment. And I think it'll be a big block for this coaching staff to sell to recruits that when all the pieces play the right way and everyone does what they're supposed to do, this team could beat anyone in the country, yeah. which is huge. Minus and, Alabama. And, yeah. Alabama is just... This is the best Alabama team we've ever seen. Like, Alabama's on a different planet right now. Yeah. Um, that, no one else is close. Talking about the Alabama game, I mean, there's really not a whole lot to talk about. Uh, obviously, a lot of people thought that... I guess a lot of people wanted to see us kind of compete more than we did with Alabama. 
they we didn't expect them. We expected to lose, obviously, but we didn't expect them to run away with it as fast as they did. Yeah, like, the game was over. It was over by the first quarter. Yeah, it was over, like, seven, eight minutes into the game. It, I mean, it was really over after the sack fumble from Garantano. That's when I was just like, yeah, and that was fun. We Good at, game. We were at that game, but, and you could feel the life leave the stadium after that. But even on Alabama's first drive, like, we got them into some third and long situations, third down situations where, you know, people kind of thought that we could stop them getting them off the field and, you know, hold them, to, hold them without a touchdown on their first drive, but they just converted and converted and converted again. There's a lot of times that Tua just did it himself. Like, we get to the quarterback, but Tua just does what Tua does. I mean, he's going to win the Heisman. It won't be close. This is the best quarterback Alabama's ever had. And if he wasn't a sophomore right now, he'd be getting drafted this year in the first round to play quarterback somewhere. And, it's, I mean, we're it's not even fair. We're playing an NFL-caliber quarterback right now. So you really have to take that Alabama game with a grain of salt. Like, there's really not that much that you could have learned or gained from that Alabama game other than the fact of just it hurt to see us lose to a rival that way. Yeah, I guess some positives that you could take out of that game was we didn't lay down and quit after it was 28 to nothing. Like, we kind of hung in there and threw some punches back at him, but but it was just Juwan Jennings too far. Mainly did himself. Juwan Jennings uh, went over 100 yards receiving. Uh, first time that's happened all year against Alabama. Uh, he took on that play where he took on those four Alabama defenders where he just kept – he refused to go down. And he then should, he, he should have went down. And then fumbled and then got it back. Like, <laughs> like that was kind of stupid. But, that's I mean, Juwan. it's Juwan. So. Yeah, it's Juwan. Um, he just gives it all every play. Ty Chandler looked good again. Ty Chandler uh, is incredible. Obviously, you found Tyler Bird. Maybe he can – wake him up maybe he can have some part in his offense in the second half of the season going down the stretch maybe you know what we learned from Alabama though I noticed we threw the ball on first down and then we also threw the ball an incredible amount of times compared to what we've been doing all season and we scored 21 points versus probably the best defense of the country so if that's the case why don't we just keep throwing it Every time we threw a deep ball, Palmer, Jawan, Callaway, those guys are just coming down with 50-50 balls on a regular basis. They're not even 50-50 anymore. Man, one thing that I didn't understand at all, like, was in the second half, the opening kickoff where Ty Turner just caught the ball, and he just stood there. Like, he caught it. He didn't call a fair catch. I don't know if he thought he called a fair catch, but he he just catches it, and he, like, stands, at the two. stands and then he, like, kind of acts like he's going to run. Looks at the ref. Then he looks at the ref, like, dude, what are you doing? The ref is, like, doesn't know what to do because, I mean, he didn't call a fair catch. Stupid. And, it, and then he gives the ball to the ref, and the ref blows the play dead. Like, there was just so much confusion right there. And, like, you know, people around me were, like, mad that they blew the play dead or they were mad that we were getting the ball at the three-yard line. And I was like, well, he didn't do anything. He just caught it and just stood there and looked at everybody. Like that, That's just another thing. you got to just learn how to play the game. The like, just call of, a fair catch every time on the, on the kick returns. The I'm tired of, of watching, like, obviously you had Evan Berry, so everyone watch him return. But this, like, this season, just call a fair catch. There's nothing that's going to happen. Like Take it out of the 25 every time. This O-line can't block. Don't take a chance on a fumble. Don't pin us deep in our own end zone. We're going to be screwed. That's safety after safety after safety. Like, you can even take a knee. Like, even if he caught it and took a knee, like, we get at the 25 still. Like, just don't be stupid. Like, just know how to play the game. Like, it's not even that hard. That's just 
That's just knowing how to play football. Know the rules. Learn the rules. Like, Pruitt's teaching that. Special teams coordinator is teaching you that. Surely they're not teaching a uh, tie. When you catch this ball right here, just stand at the three and stare at the ref until he does something. That's just not what's happening. It's just lack of discipline. Yeah, like, I guess he just got confused. I guess he just thought he called a fair catch. Like, I don't really know. I assume that... Either way, it's stupid. It was just a mental breakdown. Like, I don't know. Uh, that that part of the, like, was just... Even if he thought he caught a fair catch and everyone was looking around and he was like, maybe I didn't. Just take a knee real yeah, quick. Just it never hurts to, to take a knee. You drop to a knee inside the 25-yard line, automatically get the ball at 25. Doesn't matter. Like, come on, man. Like that... That was pretty stupid, but yeah, not too many positives to take away from Alabama, but no. uh, moving forward, you have South Carolina and this Colum- is, this Columbia. This will be the game that tells us what happens. You have, you go, you go to Columbia, you play Charlotte at home, you play Kentucky at home, uh, you play Missouri at home, and then you go to Vanderbilt. Those are your five remaining games. And of those five, you need to win three. So, I'm taking Charlotte as a win. So, that's going to put us at four. And then, that means you have to split between Vandy, Kentucky, Missouri, South Carolina. I like our chances to split between them. Because right now, I think Missouri's probably a coin flip. Uh, South Carolina... Coin flip. It's probably a 55-45 coin flip for South Carolina. Leaning towards them. Uh, Kentucky is not playing to the level of which they were at the beginning of the season. I'd say 60-40 Kentucky. I'm still leaning towards Kentucky. Uh, and then Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt is probably a coin flip leaning more towards Tennessee. Well, it depends. I point. guess it depends. When you come down to Vanderbilt, have you already won the game? Like, if you're coming in there to win your fifth game, obviously that's just going to be Vanderbilt's you know, just it doesn't matter. Like, we don't care if we're going in there to win our fifth game. But if we've already won five games and this is to get our sixth, Tennessee is going to care a lot more about it. I think Tennessee comes there with more of an edge. I think that they edge out Vanderbilt. I, I do believe that we'll be going into that game five and six. I think we'll get one of Missouri, South Carolina, or Kentucky we're at gonna, least. We're going to have to. It'd be um, nice to get Kentucky. I, like, right now... It's hard to believe, but eight and four is realistically on the table. Um, I mean, South Carolina, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, and Charlotte are all winnable football games. Like, yeah, you're gonna have a chance in every single game from here on out. Like the Alabama game, obviously, you had Auburn was supposed to be a chalked up loss. Auburn was supposed to be uh, an L. Yeah, it was like it was marked on the schedule. Like, here's four losses. Here's Florida, Georgia, Bama, Auburn. Like the ESPN FBI thing however they calculate that before the game was even uh, like 87 percent Auburn yeah yeah uh but I don't know I, I saw it today where South Carolina opened as a seven and a half point favorite which is probably At, and a little probably, high in really, my opinion really okay. it like I don't know if that's just because I'm optimistic about the rest of the season, but I just feel like it's a little high. Like, feels I, right. I don't think South Carolina. I guess because it's in Colum- Columbia. Yeah, I think if it was at, if it was at Neyland, I think it's four and a half. Yeah, like I, they just don't see. They gave them the field goal because they're the home team. Like South Carolina can't really pass the ball well at all. Like I think our passing game is better than South Carolina's. 
Uh, I think our receivers are too big to match up on those Carolina receiver or corners. Yeah, like I think this will probably be 17-14, 19-17 type of game. Is. Like I think it'll be low scoring, uh, probably be ugly, but I, I I like our odds. Like hopefully it rains. <laughs> I like our odds heading into this weekend. Um, if we get a win at South Carolina, that's huge. Because then all the pressure's off your shoulders then. Then you just need to win one more, uh, counting Charlotte as a win, obviously. You beat South Carolina right here, you take a lot of pressure off yourself. And I think if they don't have that pressure on them, that might open the door. If they can win back-to-back games and then go beat Charlotte, this team's at seven wins after beating Kentucky and South Carolina. They're going to beat the tar out of Vanderbilt. Finish 8-4 and four with this roster, that's incredible. I mean, I don't even know. I, I guess 4-6 and six to start the season. That was my prediction before the season started. I thought we'd win all you three. Four eight. Yeah, four and eight. My bad. I thought we'd win all three gimmies uh, that we scheduled. We pay them to beat beat them beat up on them, and then I thought we'd find a win against West Virginia, Florida, Vanderbilt, South Carolina. Yeah, coming into this year, I said six and six, and then I kind of said that kind of started leaning t- more towards seven and five, and I've I've stuck with it. You know, after the Florida loss, I was kind of leaning more towards like four and eight. Like you said, but um, I think seven and five is definitely at play. Like that seven and five, we could beat Missouri at home, uh, Vanderbilt, and South Carolina. I guess so, like we would have to win three of our remaining four SEC games, which I think can be done. Um, but it, I mean, obviously, it's going to be a stretch. But I think six and six is probably where I expect now at this point this team to finish. Barring no injuries, obviously. Yeah. If Juwan gets hurt, I mean, that's going to flip. If Garantano gets hurt, it's going to flip. I forgot to ask you, did you even, uh, did you see uh, at halftime of the Alabama game where Jeremy Pruitt said that not everyone was on the same page and he needed 25 more players to play? Like, I, I don't know the exact quote, but... Pretty much he, what he was saying was he needed another recruiting cycle before Tennessee started playing and competing in games like this. Like, he, he called players out in the team that weren't really trying that hard. Yeah, I, I heard that. I heard him say – I think I heard another quote where he had said something like, uh, there's only three or four football players on this team who are giving their all every single play and executing every single time when he calls a play. And that to those three or four guys, not to worry because next year he's going to bring in 25 more players that will play the right way on every single down, and it won't be a problem anymore. So to me, that was kind of him putting it on the table, just calling his own shot, letting his chopper spray. Like, you guys don't want to play here? I'll kick you out. I don't care. I'll recruit more. I'll recruit better players to come take your job. Yeah, pretty much he said, get me 22 players like Juwan Jennings and let's ride. Yeah. He said, he, he basically just said, no one's job is safe here. Everyone can. Everyone is replaceable on this football team right now. Jeremy Pruitt does not care about what Butch Jones offered you. Oh, well, he said there's a few that that are on the same page. That and I'm assuming he's talking about Jawan, Bryce Thompson, Alante Taylor, Alante Taylor, Kyle Phillips, Jared Garantano. I mean, there's probably a couple, a couple, three or four guys that he knows are, are ride or dies. Those are just a couple of dogs, and that's who he wants on his football team. It, Jeremy Pruitt is just a low down, blue collar, dirty football coach. Like, like he. he he just wants to coach football. Like, he's honest. Like, I mean, everyone hated Butch Jones because he wasn't honest. Like, he just kind of lied to He wanted to make stuff face. up. But, I mean, Jeremy Pruitt just kind of tells, like, how it is. And 
You know, if people don't like it, they can... They can shove it. Go to Kmart. Yeah, he doesn't care. Yeah, that's kind of... That's kind of how I took that, too. I I mean, I kind of I kind of liked it. I didn't have a problem with it, really. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, moving forward, obviously our hopes have changed more positively. We... I would say the majority of people now expect to go to a bowl game. Would you say that's fair? Yeah. If we don't make it to a bowl game, will you be disappointed? Okay, all <clears throat> all things considered right now, like it ignore your preseason predictions. Like right now, if we don't make a bowl game, are you disappointed? Um Probably a little bit. Not really disappointed in Jeremy Pruitt or like discouraged in what's happening here or like what's happening to the program, but more of just like a selfish thing. I just want this team to be able to have those extra 25 practices. Like I want Jeremy Pruitt to be able to coach those extra 25 practices and get to that bowl game just so these guys have something to play for. Because I feel bad for the guys who are here, Kyle Phillips, Juwan Jennings, Marquez Callaway. They just deserve to get something out of this just like monstrosity that was this coaching carousel. I think just for them alone, I, I'm just selfishly, I'd really like for him to get to a bowl game. So I think I'd be slightly disappointed. Yeah, me too. Like, we probably shouldn't expect it just because... There's no reason to. There's no reason. We don't have the talent for that. But, yeah, I I, I probably will be disappointed if we don't make a bowl game. Um, but I won't be, like, mad or anything, I guess. Like, I won't be mad at Pruitt or for not making it to a bowl game, but I will be disappointed. Um, but uh, kind of all, kind of all I have to say. Closing uh, thought, end on a positive note, I guess the men's basketball team ranked preseason top six Oof. or top ten. They're ranked at number six. Look, y'all don't want basketball season to start yet. Now, this podcast is gonna be on fire yeah. unless we suck. Yeah, that's gonna start being. If we suck. Y'all might have to find someone else because I'm being remission. I'm going to have to go to rehab. I'm going to be addicted to drugs. If Tennessee basketball sucks, that'll be bad news for T. Coop. Yeah, that's going to be fine when we can start talking about some winners. Oh, Lord, please. But, uh, yeah, so that came out today, preseason poll, top ten, ranked number six, highest Tennessee basketball has ever been ranked. In a preseason uh, poll. In a preseason poll. Uh, exciting stuff. Uh, since 07-08, I heard it, or I think it was 07-08. I could be wrong. But either way, it's been 10 years since they've been ranked that high. So exciting stuff on the horizon if this football team or if this football season goes south from here. So that's pretty much all I have. Would you Do you have anything that you want to say? Any closing thoughts? Uh, no, I think we did. I think we touched on the – we didn't really record that much because Georgia game, I mean, everyone kind of saw it coming. Bye week, obviously. We're not going to talk about a bye week. And then Auburn kind of kind of blew us away, and I think we were really gassed up, but we just wanted to see what was going to happen with Alabama first. So I know we did take a big break, but um, I think we touched on everything and how we progressed throughout these last few weeks, what our thought process has been on the team, and um, we addressed how expectations have changed. I think, I think we touched it all. I think we got a little bit of everything. Basketball season will be starting up soon, so we'll start splitting these podcasts, probably 50-50 football, basketball. Unless football falls off a cliff, obviously, then... Yeah, then we'll just pretend like it's not happening. Yeah, then we'll just act like, you know, we're just here for basketball only. We're Kansas. 
Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, beat South Carolina this week. Uh, score prediction, Vols 20, South Carolina 17. Okay. Vols 27, South Carolina 24. Ooh. All right. I like it. I like it. Let's get disappointed again. Let's do it. C squared, we out.